It's Friday, and you've reached the vodcast. On today's show, we talk with Syed Murtaza about aviation and security threat modeling. Coming up next. But if you just accept your Lord and Savior, it won't matter in a way. One, and we are live with Syed Murtaza. Syed, how are you this morning? I'm good. It's uh, summer and um, looks like time is flying and I hate to see summer go and start to see when, what is it, 8.30 when sun goes down and I can think about uh, when it'll be <laughs> December. So, it, is so, it is so nice in summer here in the North Country when yes. you have light till 10 p.m., and then the sun is up early, so the birds are singing at 5 in the morning or 4.30 in the yep. morning. That is such a great thing. That but, is uh, my greatest gripe with winter is the short days. Other than that, I can take the uh, cold weather, snow, ice. It's not that bad. But when it comes to short days, I it's depressing. <laughs> It is, yeah. That you know that you, I, I think I'm probably used to it, and I the cycle of of long days in the summer, spring and summer, most the summer, and then the short days in the winter. I my body is pretty naturally attuned to, but uh, I do like it when when summer is here for sure. Mm-hmm. So, hey, did you did I hear you are you were in Oshkosh flying an airplane? Is that True, or did I misunderstand that? Uh, I am that? a private pilot, and I own a plane, but um, I was in Oshkosh. I go there every year as a pilot, but I did not fly my plane. Um, I have that on my bucket list, but some of the challenges for flying into Oshkosh is there's so much traffic. You need a co-pilot. It's very um, scary to go by yourself just because of the traffic and all. Um, And the other thing is if you fly in, usually you have to camp in a tent. So all of my pilot buddies that I encourage them to come with me, um, they don't want to stay in a tent, so they, right, they want right. a little more yeah. luxury. So we yeah. end up taking an RV trailer, uh, park it there, and spend a few days. So yeah, I was there Thursday through Sunday. Okay, yeah, I'm a I'm a pilot as well, a private pilot. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay, where do so you fly? I, I fly a Citabria and a uh, yep. a 182. So what what do you oh, fly? Nice. Uh, I have a Warrior Piper Warrior. Oh, nice. Yep. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show I I have a new technology here. Let's see if I can actually show people. Let's see if this works or not. Um, can I show people? Uh, can I show people? Oh, I don't. I can't figure out the technology. I was gonna I was gonna go big time on it and show them the Piper Warrior, show them your airplane, and. Uh, but we won't. We'll have to figure that out some other yeah, time. I'm, wor- I'm working <laughs> on my uh, commercial rating, and then I want to continue to CFI, um, just not to be um, a CFI. Um, but just since I have a plane, I have a lot of friends that go with me. Might as well teach them how to fly. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah the idea. for sure. Well, that's very cool. So uh, let's talk security threat modeling. Sure. Uh, you know, I had never heard of security threat modeling until 
I got the email that you were doing it and you and I have um, known each other, known mm-hmm. of each other for a long time. And I hear your name regularly uh, because mm-hmm. we hang out in the same circles. Uh, sure. What uh, What is security threat modeling and, and tell us why people are using it? Sure. So um, in security, there's a huge push to do shift left security. What that means is we want to have security in um, software life development as early as possible. Um, we all know how important security is becoming in our day-to-day world, um, especially when it comes to um, sensitive um, information uh, to big companies. Um, so uh, security is starting to become more and more important in our our day-to-day business. Um, and so the security community is trying to get ahead of um, all of the ransomware, all of the, uh, uh, the threats that we see, um, and they're increasing day by day. Um, so how do we handle that? Now, threat modeling is part of shift-left security where we look at security in the early stages of uh, development. Um, this is my personal thing where I say, I give an example. When we started developing software I, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, um, SDLC didn't used to exist, right? And so the whole idea was we need software, so we get and build software. Um, I'll give an example. Let's say if we were a bank and we just go, okay, we need banking software. So we went ahead and built banking software, and then we try it out. Um, without thinking of what the requirements are and a proper rigor around software development. And at the end, we look at it and go like, hmm, this doesn't work. We were thinking maybe 10 concurrent users, but when we put it out in the market, we find out there are uh, situations where we could have 100 concurrent users and software is not scaling. So now we go back and redesign, rebuild, keep on doing um, this crazy stuff. And so industry looked at it and said, this is not good. I mean, this is not how we build software. So that's where SDLC came into play, where... We look at the requirements to say what we are building. We do design phase. Then we do quality assurance. We do testing, integration testing. All these rigors are in place. And to look back and say, can we build software without SDLC sounds super crazy. We can, there is no way we should be doing that. With security, we are where we were 40 years ago, where we don't think about security. We build software, we go to the end, we find some security tools that we run against it to see if we can find any vulnerabilities, any issues with it. And when we find something, we go back and try to fix it, right? Um, Security community is starting to look at that and say, this is crazy. And I predict in the next few years, we're going to go back and say, how did we not think of security while we were building software just like we had SDLC to come up with a proper rigor to build software with security in mind. And so this is where shift left security comes into play. And threat modeling is a huge part of that. Um, Basically, threat modeling is um, a rigor where um, you think about security in the early stages. You think like a hacker. You think about all of uh, the possible uh, scenarios um, from security side what could happen um, to your software, and you build security into your design as opposed to build something, go to the end, and try some you know security software to see. Most of the security um, testing tools look for known issues, 
um, but they don't know about the design of the system. They don't know um, the components in there. So it's more of you know trying to look for some known issues that we can find. So we can miss a lot of stuff um, from the security point of view. We could have huge um, design issues from security point of view. And then now we have to go back and try to fix all that. So this is what threat modeling is. Ah, so, uh, you know, you hear a lot about hospitals that have been attacked by ransomwares mm-hmm. and how some of the huge payouts they've made. Yeah. Is there a reason hospitals are, are you know, targeted or is it just that we're hearing about hospitals and everybody's being targeted? We're hearing about hospitals because okay. um, these attacks are everywhere. Um, ransomware um, is happening to all businesses. Um, it's just that for financial um, thing, uh, most companies want to keep that, you know, download to say, you know, we've been hacked and we, you know, we got robbed for this many million dollars. With um, hospitals and stuff, this is um, medical information. This is personal information. So you have to come out and say, yep, we had um, an attack and uh, we lost this much information. So it's happening everywhere. Okay. It's even on personal, um, we hear about IRS frauds. We hear about computer fraud for personal, um, uh, you know, scenarios where people are being um, attacked uh, through ransomware or um, other kind of attacks that, uh, you know, the computer support type issues or IRS type issues. And there's tons of um, um, attacks being happening everywhere. Okay. Is it, um, in earlier years the the coordinated threats were coming from russia china to mm-hmm. a lesser extent the uh, extent and, and less sophisticated the caribbean mm-hmm. is that still true today or are there new state actors that are out there working on um, um, cyber so, hacking yep so what we hear is china russia north korea iran um, are all state um, sponsored um, um, cybercrime organizations. Um, they have different um, uh, motivation. Um, it's mostly to um, the economy and um, the infrastructure and what have you. Um, so if there is a ransomware attack, they may not be as interested in just extracting money, unless it's North Korea, uh, but more of um, causing harm, you know, to, to, to the nation. Um, but we do have independent actors, um, a lot of them from um, uh, Russia or um, certain Eastern European countries um, that are out for money and um their motivation is to those are independent organizations that are there to um, extract money, and that's where most of the ransomware comes from. And then there are um, uh, smaller actors that are um, are attacking personal um, computers and 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 normal day to day people for support type. Um, uh, 
um, attacks where they will say, you know, your computer has some virus and we can fix it. You know, we'll just only charge you $300. So they're small actors, but that's happening a lot as well. I mean, you, you would know how phishing attacks will, you know, every week you see <clears throat> emails saying that, um, I don't know, your Amazon account is going to be closed and, you know, we charge you this much and this. Those kind of attacks are small attacks, but they happen every day. Yeah. Um, and we, we do a lot of software development and custom software development at Logisolve, and, and we're talking more about, you know, we've talked about SDLC for a long time, but, you know, each build uh, is different because of mm-hmm. each client's requirements. Uh, how long until we see AI become part of the security that can be embedded into our software designs? I know there's talk of that, and we talk about that internally, right. but I don't think we're... <clears throat> We're not there yet. We, we use, you know, best practices, uh, mm-hmm. but but we're not using AI yet. But we're looking at ways to use it. Is that on the horizon in your mind? Um, so it's a double-edged sword. Um, with AI, you have some facilities where it could generate some code, um, give you software. But uh, from security point of view, um, again, security is always lacking. So AI is not really thinking security. Just like we haven't started as humans. I mean, we've been, like I said, developing software for 40 years um, and or even more, and we haven't even caught up on thinking about security. So AI is far behind. Actually, um, so some of the um, um, AI bots that can generate code um, have the most security vulnerabilities in it. And so from security point of view, um, we have to pay even more attention to what AI is doing in software world because um, currently AI is trying to catch up on software development and maybe getting to a point where it could generate code. But it will be some time before we get to a point where AI understands security and generates secure code. Okay. Yeah, I think our internal discussions more center around how do we, you know, will we get to a point where we can take AI and embed it into the code so it can be always looking for security risks so that it can notify the sure. users to start to work with the network and the security softwares to be an extra layer actually mm-hmm. into the design of the software. We're not there yet, but, you know, it's certainly talking and we're looking at those things. I know that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, the bot would have to understand security, security challenges, and maybe threat modeling and all of those things. And, and you know, then possibly you could get there, but I think it will take some time. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think we agree with that. So, well, good. We are uh, we are almost at our fifteen minute mark. Syed Murtaza, thank you so much. It's great uh, seeing you. It's been a while, uh, but uh, thanks for your time yep. and for joining the podcast. Sure, thank you. For everyone else, you are listening to the Kelly Wendland Podcast. But if you just accept.